Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Bible study tonight. Good to have you with us as we study Revelation. Thank you, everybody, for joining us as we come to study about the end times and the latter days. Are we close to, to the latter days? Are we living in the last hours before Jesus comes? Tonight, before we begin our Bible study of Revelation chapter 8, I have a couple announcements. Tomorrow night in our Family Life Center, 6.30 p.m., we'll be having... Um, Reverend Jim Arant, who is the Director of Conference Ministries, he will be with us, and he will be going over our uh, guidelines for reopening our church on June the 14th. I'm sure many of you have questions about what will the guidelines be. He will be going over the guidelines with us. If you have questions... Please write those questions down and be ready to ask them. I also want to recommend everybody to um, wear because we're inviting everybody in the church. It's a good practice and recommended by the CDC and DHEG when you gather in public places to wear a mask. I invite you to wear a mask tomorrow night to our gathering. Uh, you will not be escorted out, though, if you do not have one, but it's recommended that you wear a mask tomorrow night because we're opening up the we open up this to everyone uh, in our church. So that's tomorrow night, 6.30 in the Family Life Center, and we'll be going over the um, guidelines for reopening. After that meeting, I plan to um, I have several questions myself. Um, it's been a a um, it's been overwhelming to try to get read these guidelines and know what and know what to do with them. So that's why I'm inviting Jim to come so he can help answer some of the questions that I have. Then after that, we I'm currently going to work on uh, developing guidelines and we, we were, and then we're going to be having another meeting. Um, the clergy of the Greenwood district are going to be just found out today. We're going to be having another meeting on June the 3rd with the superintendent and with Reverend Arant. And, um, we'll be, um, working with the other clergy in our, in our district and find out what their plans are. So, um, then after that, um, I will be having Kevin and I will get together and we'll do a we'll do a streaming audio and we'll have these um, guidelines posted on our web page so you can read and then then after that we'll have a training I'm looking at maybe the Thursday um, before we open um, that's June the let's see um, looking at my calendar. That's June the 11th. We will have a training um, for the, maybe the ushers and the trustees uh, uh, going over the guidelines. <clears throat> so be looking at, be, be looking out for the for those for that information. Um, also um, for our Bible study, we're going to go through chapter 11 
and that will um, get that will take us through um, half of our Bible study. Revelation has 22 chapters, so when, so we're going to go through chapter 11, and that will bring us to um, June the 17th, and that will and then we're going to break after that for the summer. Um, that that will take us to 9, 10. We'll do eight tonight, 9, 10, 11, and then at, then. Then after June 17th, we will be breaking for the summer. We'll do the last Bible study through streaming like we've, like we've done before. Um, I also want to share a letter that I, that I, I, that I received uh, online, and it's from another conference. It's from, our, from the North Georgia Conference, and it's from the bishop from the North Georgia Conference. And I just want to share that with you this evening. Um, it says, Dear Clergy and Laity of North Georgia Conference, as we consider President Trump's plea to open churches soon, the cabinet and I ask you, this is from North Georgia now. Now, North Georgia and, and Georgia, you know, the governor allowed everyone to return back to normal, but the churches in North Georgia are not opening, and the United Methodist Church are not opening until a week after we are, June 22nd. So this letter is, is, a, is, is a response to um, what President Trump said on Friday says, Dear Clergy and Laity of the North Georgia Conference, as we consider President Trump's plea to open the churches soon, the cabinet and I ask you all to preferably consider the question, are we prepared to open in a way that makes our church campus as safe as possible, rather than are we going to open simply because we can? Set forth on the conference web website are the suggestions we gave you previously not to gather at this time, um, but as steps as a necessary as necessary for a responsible op uh, opening, it is critically important that before you gather, you have a plan in place, obtain the supplies you'll need, and train folks to enact the plan. We do not see ourselves as those charged with issuing edicts about opening from on high. We see ourselves as pastors who first whose first obligation is to do no harm. We also are also we we also are all too aware that church gatherings have resulted in some of the most severe spread of the disease. We do not even want one United Methodist to get sick, die, or infect others because they choose to go to church. We have a task force of music directors and worship leaders at work to offer us their recommended guidelines next week. We anticipate they will recommend that there will be no choirs or congregational singing because singing groups are super spreaders that greatly increase the spread of the COVID virus. That insight will be helpful to all of our planning. We are also aware that there are several COVID hotspots within the boundaries of our North Georgia Conference and that it is too early to ascertain that there will be a, be a spike in cases caused by the reopening of Georgia. We think it is prudent to wait until after June the 22nd to open so that we are more sure of the trends and the prevalence of the disease. We recommend that even after June 22nd, those who are at high risk, underlying conditions, immunologically suppressed, and or 60, over 65 years old avoid any public gathering and instead continue to worship online or at drive-in worship. We also are concerned about clergy, who are at higher risk and ask their parishioners to continue to worship in a way that does not put them at greater risk. Finally, we know that as followers of Christ, you are committed to doing what is best for the body of Christ. 
Sometimes watching out for the greater good means letting go of our own personal preferences. We trust that you will do what is necessary to protect yourself and others in your faith community. We pledge to continue to give you advice that balances safety with freedom to gather. We continue to consult with multiple medical experts and will give you the best advice available to ensure health and safety. We appreciate your cooperation today and ask that you remain in partnership with us as we navigate this uncharted territory. Yours in Christ, Bishop Sue in the North Georgia Conference Cabinet. thought that was pretty good. I uh, thought it was very pastoral and very informative, and I wish I wish that our bishop would have get, given us some kind of insights like that. But um, I, I think it kind of spells it out what we're looking at um, when we do return to worship. Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you for this time we can come together in your house to worship you. Speak to us this evening as we come together to study your word. Guide us through your Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts. Minister to us with your love and grace. And we come to sit at the feet of Jesus to learn your ways, O Lord. Reveal your truth to us through chapter 8 of Revelation as we come to prepare for the trumpet judgments. Bless everyone listening tonight. Bless them in this time. Touch them with your love and minister to each of them with your presence. As we ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Before we share the word of God with you, before we begin our study together, it's Revelation chapter 8, and I'm reading from the King James Version. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about a spe- the space of a half an hour. And I saw seven angels which stood before God, and to them which were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there was voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And then the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and there was cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burned up, and all the grass was burned up. And the second angel sounded, and there was a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning up as if it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the waters and the, the foundation of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And, they, and, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. 
And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for the third part of it, and its night likewise. And beheld I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying, With a loud woe, 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 woe to the inhabitants of earth by reason or other voices of the trumpets of three angels which were not yet to sound. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Before we get started, I'll remember a couple of things. Um, if you will um, go to our webpage, UMC, I mean, oh, what's our webpage? Um, St. James umclawrence.org and uh, Kevin has has uh, provided a link to the conference um, guidelines webpage if you'll take a minute to take, take a look at the guidelines you'll click on the link it will take you to the guidelines um, that the conference has developed for our reopening also um, we just got this, I just got this the other day from the district. The district has given um, the, the church a survey to check the pulse of the congregation on how the congregation is feeling about reopening or about coming to church. Because, folks, we have a wide range of opinions in our church. We have some people are ready to open next week. Some people don't, don't think we need to, uh, we don't need to wait. Some people said the president said we need to open. Um, and then there's some people that aren't ready to come to church, and we need to be, I just want to say, we need to be respectful of everyone's and sensitive to everyone's position in our church. We don't need to call and harass people and say, well, you need to come to church. We need to be respectful of where they are at this time. Um, we are going to continue to do what we can do to reach out to people through streaming or, or through the CD uh, and if there are any other advancements to come up, Kevin will know about, it and we'll be sure to get on top of it. On top of it, um, we we have we have done great strides in the short amount of time that we've done this. Uh, we had to fly by we had to fly by the our pants, so to speak, when we first got this started. Uh, we didn't know that we you know, and we did a and Kevin did a great job to, to try to pull this together. So I just want, want to thank Kevin, continue to thank him, because we couldn't do this without him. And I also want to thank, too, the administrative council, uh, our administrative council that had that meeting back in, uh, was it February or early March? We had our meeting, and they recommended that I presented to them that we, we needed to get the Wi-Fi so that we could get, so we could get move, moving into the right technological age of the, of, of the church. And so not only did they, the, the administrative council vote for us to do that, but then I don't think the trustees, we got uh, a router in the office, got a router in the, in the uh, fellowship hall, and then we got a router in the, in the family life center. So we all wired up uh, in the, for modern technology. I want to thank all those that were, made that happen and thank the tr trustees for being here that day. Little did we know when March the fifteenth, when when, uh, when when they came and put that in, little did we know that we wouldn't be meeting for the next three months. So everything worked out for God and His glory. Appreciate all those that had a hand in that, and um, 
because we don't know to where they're talking. We may be quarantined again. So by by that time, we'll be TV perfect. We'll we'll have this thing TV professional. So you'd be like watching TV, you know? Amen. And so um, we're what we're working on is getting this these guidelines. We will hand some of them out on third tomorrow. But we're looking to get these guidelines posted online so you can take them online and, and uh, give the and Kevin will get the results. And I don't know how that how to do that. I was trying to do that today, but it just didn't work out. So I gave the information to Kevin. So he's going to be working on that for us. Now we're moving back into God's word. So we're looking at Revelation chapter eight tonight and. um we move from the um the last of the seal seal judgments you know the, it, it, this it started um in revelation chapter um let me go back in revelation chapter um 6 so the, and it's and the seal judgments began in Revelation chapter six, and so in chapter six we go through and there's seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and seven bowl judgments. And as I said before, the um the, the seven um bowl judgments are much more severe than the seven seal judgments. And as each um each judgment is administered, it gets more severe. So you can see tonight, after reading chapter 8, the judgments are a lot more severe than they were in the previous chapter. Um, so we come to chapter 8, and then last week we talked about the 144,000 that was in chapter 7, that the first seven, first six seals were open. And then before the seventh seal was open, there was a pause. And then we, in, in chapter 7, we talked about the 144,000. Um, and that God told the angels to stop in their midst of the judgment so that they could go in and uh, go in, uh, um, mark the 144,000. And then the, the chapter ends with the um, tribulation saints coming together in heaven to, um, to worship Jesus. And so we move from that part of of revelation into chapter eight and so at the ending of um of uh, at the beginning of chapter eight um there's a the seventh seal is opened so we have verse one and when he opened the seventh seal okay so that's the 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 last of the seal judgments and then when they when when they open when Jesus opens this the um these the uh seventh seal judgment you have six, seven more judgments <laughs> you have so you have so you have s- seven seal judgments that are complete and when you when Jesus opens the seventh seal there's seven more judgments that are getting ready to be unleashed on the earth and so as that happens, um, there's seven um, archangels that stand before the throne of God. You know, you got that seven number. Seven is a number of completeness, and seven is a number of perfection. So you've got seven seal judgments, and you got um, 
you know, seven days is a week. You know, that's what, you know, God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. So you have um, the seven, every judgment has seven in it. There's seven judgments in each. And so now we, we come to verse 2 in chapter 8, and there's seven um, trumpets. With the, there are seven angels that have seven trumpets. And when the angels blow the trumpets, um, each correspond with the judgment. Um, when, when angel number one blows the trumpet, um, you have a judgment to follow. And angel number two blows the trumpet, and you have a judgment to follow. And angel number three, you have a judgment to follow. So you have four, seven angels that, that are administering um, the judgment upon the earth at, in the seventh judgments, okay? So what happens is, um, if you'll see in the Word of God, um, that one-third of the earth, you have one-third of the earth burns, one-third of the earth is the seas turn to blood, one-third of the earth is polluted, the drinkable water uh, is, 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 is polluted, and then you have one-third of the, of the heavenly bodies, um, the stars and the moon and the sun are, are one-third of, uh, of the heavens are, are, are um, cast to earth, okay? So that's what's happening in Revelation chapter 8. Um, the chapter opens, as I said, with, with um, Jesus opens the seventh seal, and then there are seven angels that are standing before God's throne. And those angels are responsible for carrying out God's wrath on the earth. And so when Jesus opens those um, that seventh seal, those angels spring in action. Now, they're, they're, now they're, these angels are the most powerful angels that they are in heaven. The two of them, I believe, are the archangel um, uh, Michael and um, I forgot what, what they call it, the Archangel Michael, and then you have Gabriel, the two angels that are mentioned in the Bible. Now, Michael is the chief angel. He's, the, he's, the, he's in charge of all the heavenly hosts in heaven, and, then the, and he's in command of the angelic forces in heaven. Um, and so then the next angel after that is Gabriel. You know, we know a lot about Gabriel. Gabriel shows up in the Old Testament. You know, he speaks to Daniel, and then he's, he's the angel that tells Mary that she's going to have, um, that, um, she's going uh, to have Jesus. So he's the second in command of the heavenly forces. And so uh, it is believed that these two angels are, are, one, of, are one of the angels of the two that that have these um these trumpets and they are signed to bring judgment on the earth okay um so um in verse three and we got the picture of the seven angels there on the screen here's here's the um the seven angels um their picture um Getting ready to blow the blow the horns, blow the trumpets, and begin to judge these series of judgments. So, um, verse three: Another angel came out, stood at the altar, having a golden censer. So, it's a picture of the golden censer. This is the picture of the golden censer. What it looked like. 
the golden censer was used in the Old Testament. Um, it was um, it had charcoal had in the bottom to give it more of a to to add smoke to it, and then it was and then it was most oftentimes frankincense was used and burned in it, and then when you had frankincense burning on the top. It brought brought a sweet aroma to the temple. Um, it reminded um, <clears throat> it reminded um, the the people that um, of God's mercy. It was a sweet smelling aroma. It reminded the people of God's mercy. Um, and so this was this this um, this golden censer now was used. Um, as a prayer, it was uh, it was used also as um, prayers of the people. It brought an aroma to God to remind God of the connection um, with the people. And so um, you have um, the 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 angel carrying the the burning um, the, the golden censer that is burning and lit with incense that is flowing from it. And the incense, the Word of God says, are the prayers of the saints, or the tribulation saints. You know, God told, God told the tribulation saints to, to, to be patient, and he was going to avenge them. So, folks, let me tell you something. God is going to avenge um, the faithful. And we see that here. You know, and then we go to the next picture of the golden uh, altar. This was the golden altar, a picture of the golden altar. This was used in the temple. Um, it was built, made by Solomon. And so um, the angel takes the golden censer from the altar. Um, and then he casts it, throws it um, into, uh, toward the earth. Okay? Now, the, the, golden, the golden altar was, was used... Um, to offer up prayer, the prayers of the people to God. Um, and what the angel does is that um, God remembers the prayers of the tribulation saints. And he's got them in this, in this censer. And so the angel, it's the censer is on the, the, um, the golden altar. And so the, the angel takes these prayers that are in this censer off the altar of God. And he throws it to heaven. Okay. Now, when he does this, this there's, um, there's thunderings, there's cataclysmic things take place on the earth. There, there's voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake on the earth. And, and as he hurls this toward the earth, the, verse 6 says, the seven angels that are standing there, the first angel does what? He blows his trumpet. And then as soon, soon as uh, he blows his trumpet, um, it, it's it's Father with hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the earth of trees were burned up, and all grass was burned up. Okay? So that's the first trumpet. Um, you remember there was in the time of Moses, um, you know, one of the one of the um the plagues was, you know, a plague of hail, fiery hail that came down from heaven. It wasn't hail that was made of ice. That's, that you know that that we see, you know it was it was it was hail that was that was that was fiery, that it you know it was um it wasn't made of ice but it was smoking hot, 
burning hail coming down from heaven on the Egyptians. And so we see in chapter in verse 7 of chapter 8, the first trumpet is we have fiery hail coming down from heaven um, into um, onto the onto the earth. It burns up part of the earth and third of the trees and the third of the grass was burned up. It's also what came down upon Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, fiery brimstone that was used when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so we see that the first trumpet is fiery hail. Um, it burns up a third of the earth, the green grass. And, and, and then the second part, um, second angel, verse 8, Second angel sounded, and there was a great mountain burning with fire, was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became as blood. Okay, so the second angel sounds the trumpet, and it was a, a, a great mountain burning with fire, cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. So the second trumpet that was the angel sounded, it was a great mountain burning into the burning into. Um, fire. It was thrown into the sea. And so what happened was um, the sea, a third of the sea uh, was destroyed. A third of the sea was, was burned up. And the third of the sea creatures, uh, that's the next the next one it says in the third part of the in the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. So the mountain was cast into the sea. And then we move to the to um, verse number ten. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as if for a lamp. And it fell upon the, the third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many many men died in the waters because the water was made bitter. Now, this is a picture of um, Wormwood on our screen. It's a, It could be a falling star. It could be a meteor. Uh, it could be a comet. Um, it could be a nuclear missile. Um, that's all the interpretation of, of what Wormwood is. It's a just powerful, destructive force that the Bible says that will destroy one-third of the waters, and it will, it will make the waters polluted and, 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 and not drinkable. And nothing, nothing will be able to live in, those, in the water, okay? So this is wormwood. Um, it has a name, wormwood, and it's bitter because it's poisonous um, to life. And some people say it'll be a, a meteor or a comet or a fallen star that will enter the, up, 
Earth's atmosphere. It could even be a nuclear missile that is fired that will enter into the Earth's atmosphere. And when it hits the Earth, it'll destroy a third of the waters. And it'll make, it'll make the, um, the, these waters polluted that it's unsuited for drinking um, for um, it was unsuitable for drinking, unsuitable for for life to live in them. You know, because water in itself has life in it. You know, if you take water out of a a stream or a lake and you put it underneath the microscope, it, there are little microorganisms that live in the water that you cannot see. Um, and so this um, wormwood will. Um, take life out of the water so you can't drink it you can't live with it and you can't nothing will be able to be sustained in it because it'll destroy all life it'll destroy the very microbes um that live in it um and so it'll destroy creatures that live in the water that rely on the water um fish um and then the next the next verse 12 and the fourth angel sounded, and the third of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. So the picture is, um, the next picture is the, um, the judgments, the trumpet judgments themselves. And we can see um, there's seven, uh, th these are all seven trumpet judgments, so we're going to do like, um, five tonight. Um, well, we're doing four, and then we got three left that will be next week. Um, so there's five. So this picture is a picture of all of them. Um, we see the wormwood, and we see the we see the um the moon, and we see the earth. We see the rivers and the earthquake. And then the other ones in the middle have to do with, um, with the other three that we'll look at next week. And then the, um, so we, so we, so in, in the judgments, um, in Revelation, we see a lot, we see a lot of, um, judgments that come from the heavens. You know, the moon turns to blood and, uh, and the sun becomes like sackcloth, and the stars fall. So we see that again here. You know, the, the, the wormwood comes from the heaven, causes um, chaos on the earth, destruction. And then we see in verse uh, number 12, you know, a third of the planetary bodies, they fall to the earth. You know, the moon and the sun was smitten. And then the stars are darkened. So, so there, so there is some cosmic, um, cosmic chaos going on uh, during this time, um, and it's something that we've never seen or experienced before. You know, we we've seen sunspots and we've seen we've seen um, meteors, and we sometimes we go into that in August. They have the meteor shower, and you can watch the meteors come through there but that's you know that's the the only thing and sometimes we have big meteors hit the earth but nothing like what's going to be happening in these trumpet judgments 
Um, we haven't seen anything like Wormwood before. There's all these movies about these uh, about these um, um, comets that are going to come to the Earth, or these asteroids, or these me- big, huge meteors that are going to hit the Earth. And when they hit the Earth, they're going to cause these cat- cataclysmic things to happen on the surface of the Earth. And so we so that we come to the last chapter, the, the last verse tonight. Verse 13, and in the King James, um, it says an angel, um, but in the the, um, New King James, it's translated an eagle. So before you go to the next one, Kevin, go back to that other one. You see here in the the upper left-hand corner, you see there's a light, and you see a figure of an eagle. Okay, then you go to the next one, Kevin. Thank you. Um, this is the eagle, and there's an eagle um, that flies after the fourth after the the fourth um, trumpet. There's an eagle that flies in the midst of the heavens, and this eagle speaks, and the eagle cries out in a loud voice, three woes." Okay, and so what the eagle is doing is it, the eagle it, the eagle sends out. Um, he cries out with three woes as he flies through the heavens as as he as the these three angels that are going to bring the worst of the worst yet on the earth uh, and then I beheld and heard an angel in the new king james it's, it's it's an eagle flying through the midst of the heavens saying with a loud voice woe 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 then have the earth by reason of the other angels of the trumpets of the three angels which are yet to sound. So we have three more angels at the ending of chapter 8, three more angels that are going to bring the most severest judgment on the earth yet. And we'll talk about that um, next week. Um, So that will conclude chapter 8 tonight. Um, let me go back over some of my notes and see if there's anything that I left out um, from our study. Um, let's just do a little recap real quick before we close. Um, as I mentioned, chapter 7 has to deal with 144,000. Chapter 6 is the be- beginning of the seal judgments. You go through 6 seal judgments. Chapter 7 um, in chapter 6, you have um, the six seal judgments unleashed on the world. And before the seventh is opened, you know, God announced 144,000. And the, then the tribulation saints worship Jesus, um, give him praise. And then in chapter 8, we begin um, the opening of the seventh seal. So the seal judgments are completed in eight, chapter 8 of Revelation chapter 1. Verse 1, I mean, and then from from chapter 8, we see that as Jesus opens the seventh seal, there's seven more judgments that are in that scroll. And so as Jesus opens that seal, um, seven angels are standing before the throne of, throne of uh, God that, are, that go to work. And so how this transpires is that an angel um, takes a golden censer from the altar that contains the prayers of the saints. It's, it's a sweet aroma to God. Uh, it tells, um, it's, it's the um, 
where God um, remembers um, the prayers of the tribulation saints and what they endured. They were martyred and killed for their faith, and God tells them in the previous chapter to wait. And he's he he hears them, and he's gonna he's gonna um, respond with his vengeance on those people that have killed them. And so the angel takes takes the smoke, uh, takes this golden censer from the golden altar, and then he throws it to the earth. And as he throws it to the earth, there's um, voices, thunderings, and lightnings, and an earthquake. Okay. So then, each of the then after that, you have you have four angels from verses seven, verses six through thirteen, that they they kill their judgments kill um, one third one third of the earth. They turn one third of the seas um, to blood. One third of the earth they kill one third of the plant life. Um, they they destroy or judge bring judgment on one third of all the drink drinkable water. Um, the wormwood is a can be a, interpreted as a fallen star, meteor, or asteroid, or even a nuclear missile that that is used um, to destroy the water and the surface of the earth, um, bring death, and then the last one. Um, the last judgment is um, in this chapter is the fourth angel sounds and a third of the heavenly bodies are 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 destroyed. Um, sun, moon, and stars their their courses in the universe are 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 up. There's upheaval in the he- in the heavens. Stars follow the earth, the moon, and and this the sun uh, have cosmic shifts that cause cause the earth to. Um, uh, go into um, this, you know. When anytime if you move this, if the sun moves away, if the Earth moves away from its orbit, or the or the moon comes closer to the Earth, it's gonna have um, ramifications on the surface of this planet. So some of the, this stuff is gonna happen in the fourth, when the fourth trumpet is sounded. And then this chapter ends um, with um, an eagle flying through the heavens that is pronouncing the last woes or the last trumpet judgments on the inhabitants of the earth, um, telling them that the worst is yet to come. And that's how our chapter ends tonight. We have 13 verses of chapter 8. And so, we, so we've come through the sealed judgments and we complete those, and then we come through seven trump, trumpet judgments. Next week, we'll we'll look at chapter nine, and we'll study what those four, three woes are um, as we complete coming to completeness of the trumpet judgments. So that's all. That's we'll, we'll conclude our Bible study tonight. Um, we looked at thirteen verses of chapter eight, and we went through the trumpet judgments so the beginning of the trumpet judgments and next week we'll continue that in chapter nine i'm so glad that you could make a part of um be a part of our bible study and hope that you've been blessed by our study of revelation as i said next week we'll look at chapter nine and we'll be back back together on six o'clock next wednesday evening hope you invite a friend to join you um join in with us on this streaming live streaming um, 
event, program, telecast, broadcast. Um, so I hope you have a good evening this evening. I hope that you um, hope that you can make our meeting tomorrow. Oh, I forgot to say to you that uh, our meeting tomorrow will be streamed live. Uh, Kevin will be streaming our meeting tomorrow. So if you cannot make it tomorrow night, um, if you if you are not able to get out or you're not comfortable coming out tomorrow, we will be streaming live so you can be able to listen and ask questions. Um, Kevin will set that up on our on our web web page or Facebook page or whatever. He'll tell you. I want to give it turn it over to Kevin and let him tell you how he's going to do that. So Kevin, before we end tonight, can you tell the folks about our how we're going to do the guidelines and how we're going to do the um, do the streaming tomorrow with, so they can answer questions from home if they cannot if they don't feel comfortable coming out and that's okay. If you don't feel comfortable coming out, you can stay connected uh, on our. This is going to be, and Kevin will tell you more about. It. This is going to be on our web page or Facebook. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Kevin before we close. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, so, so tomorrow night it's going to be a little interesting because we're going to have a live audience as well as the as well as the virtual audience, and we got to be mindful of both to be sure that everyone is able to hear and able to ask the questions they want to ask of of uh, Reverend Avant. Is that Arant? Arant, Arant, uh, Reverend Arant. So we want to be sure that everybody has the opportunity to ask those questions of him, and so everybody can hear as well of what's going on. So what we're going to ask of that is that here on Facebook, we do have the opportunity to post comments. If you're looking on the Facebook, if you happen to be on the Facebook page right now, you have, you see down on the bottom where it says write a comment. So if you're viewing us online tomorrow night and you want to ask a question of the Reverend, uh, of Reverend Arant, um, then you can just type your comment there in the bottom, and we will ask the questions on your behalf. I don't know if we'll set it up to where we'll take questions at the end or how that's going to work yet. I guess we'll have to talk more about the logistics of that tomorrow. But when it time, comes time for questions, and throughout, and the, the, the beauty of you viewing online is that you can, as, as the Reverend mentioned something that you want to ask, and ask about, you can post it right there in the comments section in, of Facebook right then and there, and then when we get to questions time, we'll We'll run through those questions and be sure they get asked of you. Now, for those of you who will be with us live, so we're also going to have to take safety precautions through through the microphone because we're going to have to use a microphone so not only the people that are listening, that are listening streaming can hear the questions, but also so everyone in, in the Family Life Center is able to hear as well. Um, so we'll have a microphone set up, but we're probably going to have a piece of tape on the floor because if several people come up to the microphone, we don't want to be passing the microphone around or anything like that. So when several, if several people are coming up to the microphone to ask questions, we're going to have a piece of tape on the floor. We'll invite you up to ask your question, and we just ask that you stay on or behind that line. Don't worry about the microphone. I'll take care of the, the audio. We'll be sure you get picked up when you're asking your question. It probably will be several inches, if not a couple of feet away from the microphone. We'll just have to, we'll, we'll see if we can do the best we can with, with that because we certainly don't want to get anybody you know, get anybody at risk or anything while they're there with us. So it's going to be interesting. We're hoping, hoping, praying for no uh, technology issues, but <laughs> I can't say the technology is like planning something outside, you know. So um, 
so just bear with us tomorrow night as we work through those. But, uh, but yeah, so you will, I guess the, the most important thing, long story short, if you are viewing online, you will get an opportunity to ask your question. Just be sure that you go over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash St. James UMC Lawrence. Uh, umc.lawrence, I'm sorry, facebook.com forward slash St. James UMC dot Lawrence, and you'll be able to to ask your questions there. That's on, that's one of the downsides to our. Um, now you can view over on our on our website. We will have it streaming there, but you won't be able to interact unless you actually go over to the Facebook page because because we don't have that type of technology set up on our Facebook on our on our regular website. But once you post comments, we will be able to ask them for you on. You, we will be able to ask him on your behalf. Okay? And, we, and if we can mention your name, we don't have to mention your name. Just tell us one way or the other, and we'll go from there. Oh, right? you got to tell him how you're going to do the guideline. The, 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 um, oh, the yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, I'll post something up. We'll probably get uh, put it up on Facebook. We might even do a prayer chain call about it. Um, so, so, basically, I'm just going to put a form on our Facebook page. On, not on our Facebook page. Well, we can put it there, too. Uh, but we'll we'll probably put a link to it on Facebook from our website. But you'll be able to go over to the website, and there will be a link that you're going to click on and download. And it's going to ask you a set of questionnaires, um, a set of questions. I'm not going to read through them here, but but essentially it's let me get the paper here. Ah, it's about um, 16 questions long, so it's not too awful painful. Uh, it's just some basic uh, some basic questions about how you feel about you know how how you feel about the return to church and, and some of the things that we should be putting in place. So essentially, you'll just go through, you'll click on and answer the questions. It'll be just like a, any type of web form that you may be used to seeing when you're shopping online or whatever the case may be. Uh, so you'll take so you'll take that questionnaire, you'll hit submit, and the your results will be private. No one will see the results of it except for, of course, I'll be able to see them because I'll be the administrator of it, and only the people who need to see it within the church will be the people that will need to see it. And I guess that will be shared with the district, right? Yeah, but it's it's um it's anonymous though. Oh yeah, it's your yeah absolutely. So Unless it'll you be want a, to put your name. On right. It, yeah. So you. yeah. Right. Exactly. So so we'll, we'll be sure all your information is kept private. It'll be an anonymous thing and, and and that type of stuff. So. And we want to encourage as many people in our membership to take this. Um, it's a congregational survey. Mm -hmm. It just came out Tuesday, and so you know, a part of reopening, they're asking us to take to get a pulse of the congregation. Mm -hmm. You'll see it when you when you when you look at the question. So we yeah. want everybody, and I'll probably have some available, you know, to pick up on uh, tomorrow night as well. But um, if you have capability to do it online, we appreciate you. It's easier for us if you can do it online so we can get all the results together. Right, exactly. And, and the most important thing to, to this type of thing, and really any type of, uh, any type of form or anything like that you fill out as far as you know, how you feel about coming back to church or how things should look, is that this is the best way to know how we're going to be, how, what your thoughts are about how we should be doing things. So going in and actually taking it, it helps tremendously just because that does give us an idea or the church body an idea of how things need to look when we come back to church and what everybody's thoughts and feelings are so we can the church can try to adjust to what everybody is wanting to do uh, so it's just important that you take it uh, when it when we put it out there it's super important that you take it just so we can it can be gauged appropriately uh, i keep saying we like i'm going to make the, the decision it's not me but you know but the people who are making those decisions yeah they 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 don't know what they don't know and the only way to find that 
the only way for them to know is to get in and take things like that. So if you are listening right now and you got somebody that you think may want to take that survey, and and but you don't think they have the op, the, the the capabilities of doing so, help them out. You know, go take a computer or take your laptop over to their house and walk them through that. Uh, so that that so that helps to get it out in front of everybody. And unfortunately, there's really no good way to do this outside of through a website or something like that uh, today, just because of how you know, just because of how we're how we're having to do things. Uh, but just so we can we can be good stewards uh, of our of our communities by helping those people you know get acclimated to what they need to do to get that to get that information take you know get that information filled out so we know how to handle it going forward. Okay. All right. Well, let's thank you, Kevin. Um, and the, and the other thing too is that they're trying that you know. Um, trying to reduce passing things from one person to the next. Um, I know they said that you, you can't get um, COVID-19. It's less likely from, from surfaces, but like if you're in a, in a large gathering and you're passing things, um, even sometimes with paper, you're, you're passing it to one person to the other. And when you're passing, you're putting those, um, I don't know what you call aerosols or whatever, you know, even in your sweat, you, you can you can give people, somebody. Yeah, basically, it, it's it's like your, it's bodily fluids, essentially. Right. So so just like you said, through your sweat or through your, I know that sounds kind of gross, but uh, but it's through your sweat or through your through your spit or, or, or whatever that can that can get anywhere. You know, that, that type of stuff will, will be on your hands. And you won't even realize it's on your hand because it's, 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 micro, it's microscopic. You can't really see it then uh, then let's say for a dollar for example right so let's say i take a dollar let's say i have covid 19 i don't knock on wood um but but i take it take a dollar out of my pocket and i have covid 19 and i set it in a collection tray right so the collection tray gets passed around people are putting their hands in there putting other stuff in there and they can be touching that dollar as they do so so now everybody who handled that handled that collection tray just was put at risk to, to getting getting the virus uh, and then also the people who take the take the money out of the collection plate, then they're at risk of getting the virus because it, it was in there. And all the money that it touches it, while it's inside there, as it gets redistributed, then, it, you know, it only lives on surfaces for, I don't know, 48 hours. I don't, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm not mm -hmm. a doctor or a specialist of this thing, but I think I heard 48 hours is what it lives on surfaces. But in that 48 hours, as that money gets circulated, anybody who touches it, is now at risk. That's why it's got to be. We got to be super careful about what we're passing around and how we're right, handling right. those types of things. So. Yeah. We need, other thing we want to stress too is that when we do come back to church, we need to um, be super, super careful, and we need to treat. And I know it's it's sad to think this way, but we need to treat one another as if we're a potential carrier. I can be a carrier, or you can be a carrier, because you know, even with testing, you know, even if you go get tested and you're you're negative. It really doesn't give us any comfort because you could go get tested tomorrow and be exposed to somebody in two or three days and and not and think well I'm tested I'm I'm um, I'm I'm negative with COVID nineteen but then the other thing is too we have to realize that people can have COVID nineteen and carry it and not even have any symptoms they 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 cannot have a fever they might have a, they might have like an allergy and they might think it's an allergy. Uh, but it could be COVID nineteen, so we really, we, I just can't stress it enough. We, when we do reopen, we really need to follow these guidelines 
um, and try to do them the best that we can so that we don't so that we don't infect others in our church family with COVID-19. And the only way that we can do it, have church safely is if we do social distancing. And and see, now the CDC has said that six foot is not enough. It's 10 feet now. So we have to, you know, practice all of that. Um, But I'm looking forward to us coming back together again, even though it won't be the same um, but it'll at least we'll be able to get back together in God's house and looking forward to that time. Um, we're currently work, work, working on getting these. Um, that's the big part tomorrow night is we'll go over these guidelines and then um, I will go. We will do a streaming um, what the guidelines are for our church. A good, and, a, and a good way to look at this is to go online to um, to uh, Crestnut Ridge. Go to their webpage and Chestnut Ridge. Chestnut Ridge. <laughs> sorry, Chestnut Ridge, um, and go to their webpage. And their pastor has done a little five-minute video of what um, their services look like in, uh, in response to these guidelines. So I'm going to do something like that um, probably next week. So look for that, and then we're going we're going to be doing a training. Um, after that, before we reopen, so everybody will know, especially the trustees and uh, and the ushers, um, will know how how we're going to be doing, um, how we're going to how we're going to implement these guidelines. So, you, you know, I think uh, I think it's uh, a lot of this might sound extreme, you know, as far and especially when we start reading through the guidelines and setting them in place and things like that, because there's some it's, 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 there's some people that's just not going to be comfortable with them. Uh, the, and that's just just how it is, you know. Not everybody wants to wear a mask, you know, for they're sitting in church for an hour or whatever the case may be. Not saying that's what would be one of the one of the guidelines, but I think the thing to remember is is that as we're looking through this and as we're going through it, is to remember that it's about putting human life first, uh, and that's why you have to you have to play worst case scenario. You know what I mean? Just because you don't have it doesn't mean you can't get it, and just because. You know, the person set, sitting next to you doesn't have it. Doesn't mean they because they don't show any symptoms. Doesn't mean they don't or they can't get exactly. it. Exactly. So, so that's what, so that's why it's, it's super important that we have that the you have to take the extreme measure to be sure that you're protecting uh, everybody that everybody around you putting putting your putting the the safety and health and well-being of everyone around you first. And that's why it's just important that when we do implement these guidelines, that they are followed. Thank you, Kevin. Now let's close in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight and for the study of your word. We thank you for this time of reopening. Continue to guide and direct us during these during during, um, our, during these this time of developing guidelines and, and lead us as we come back together for worship. Um, Continue to lead God and direct us as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.